Fortress Canine Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our Freedom Special 2020 Part 4. So we've been uh, going over and reading through the Declaration of Independence, and in Part 1, we went over kind of the prologue and uh, them setting the stage uh, for... um, what they were getting ready to talk about. Part two was laying the groundwork for the arguments that they were getting ready to make. Uh, In other words, saying that we're gonna give a uh, list of grievances here, and this is why these grievances are important, and this is why it gives us the authority to do what we're about to do, which is declaring our independence from Great Britain. Uh, And then part three, we went through their list of grievances, so that one was a little bit longer, about 45 minutes. And now, today, we are on part four, and uh, we're going to discuss what basically their their kind of conclusion right after they uh, they finish their grievances. We're going to go over the next two paragraphs uh, right now for that. So remember... They just listed this fairly long list of grievances, right? Uh, All of the things that the king is doing or that parliament is doing or that they're allowing with their navy or the troops that they have in country uh, and all the things that they're doing to uh, make it difficult for the Americans to, um, you know, try people when there's issues and all this other kind of stuff. And so they went through all this stuff And they finish their list, and then here's what they say next. In every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. Okay, so there's a couple of things in here that are pretty important. First of all, um, the ability to give your grievances to the government uh, is something that is enshrined uh, very deeply within the Constitution because of this issue that they were having where they were basically saying, you know, hey, these are all the issues that we're having. Uh, We really need your help, King, to fix all these problems. And rather than helping he would just make it worse, right? He would either do nothing or he would remove uh, the restrictions upon the people that were doing the harm uh, to the people of the Americas. And, uh, and they said, listen, if you're going to act like a tyrant, that's what this paragraph is saying. We have tried to deal with you in a reasonable way. We've tried to ask for your help. And if this is how you're going to act, if these are the, the ways you're gonna treat us, then you're no longer fit to be our ruler because we are a free people. And um, and this has been one of the things that from the very beginning of the Americas was one of the defining characteristics of the people who would come here. Right, The people who would come here were people who were, for the most part, in the very early stages, right? They were fleeing tyranny and oppression of one form or another. Some of it was religious, some of it was just the way that they were treated in these other countries. Some of it was the fact that still largely over in Europe, only certain people could own land. 
And so these were maybe peasants or people who didn't have a lot and they would look and they would say, but over there in America, we can make something of ourselves. Right now, keep this in mind because our national mentality has over the last, I don't know, 60 years or so, maybe longer, maybe shorter, but generally over the last, say, 60 years, the mentality of the people of our country has shifted from a people who said, over there, we can go and make something of ourselves to we want somebody to take care of us and hold our hand, right? And this has led to a lot of the issues that we're having in our country right now, okay? The people who came to America were people who essentially had nothing. They looked and they said there is a land of opportunity, not a land of free shit, okay? They, they knew when they came over here, if you read some of the writings of the pilgrims and things, and of course they were like some of the very, very first, right? But everybody knew over there in America, it's gonna be hard. We're going to have to work ourselves to the bone, but we have opportunity, okay? We don't have any kind of guarantees. Lots of people came over here and died, right? There's no guarantees. There's no promise of success. What there is, what America has always been, what America still is largely, and what we need to start removing a lot of these restrictions, these safety nets, these socialist mentality type things is because America was never a place of promise. It was a place of opportunity. The opportunity to do something for yourself by the sweat of your brow and your ability to imagine something and create it. That's always what America has been. America is a land of free people. Okay, Not free to do whatever we want, meaning like injure people and take their stuff, free to pursue opportunity, right? And then the next paragraph is, nor have we been wanting in attentions to our British brethren. We have warned them from time to time of attempts by their legislature to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. So they've, they've been letting the, everybody in Britain know, hey, we're having this issue. This is what your, your uh, legislature is trying to do to us. We have reminded them of the circumstances of our immigration and settlement here, what we just talked about. The ability to go over there, to be free, to pursue opportunity. We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity, if I can say that word correctly. Basically, their, their willingness to help other people. And we have conjured them by the ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations, which would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence. So this is an important thing to understand. They didn't just go to the king. They didn't just go to the legislature that was over there. They also went to their common people and they said, listen, we don't want to sever ties with our kindred. Right? There was a connection with Great Britain in the early stages of America and with all of Europe as a general rule. But within Europe, there was all this infighting and all this other stuff going on. So specifically and, and more, more tightly with Great Britain was this connection among the people. 
right? The people didn't want to create this division within themselves. They didn't want that. Okay, it's kind of like, you know, when you have a, a bad situation in a family and the family says, but we don't want to separate, so let's figure this out. Let's figure out how we can make this work because if we can't figure out how we're going to make this work, then everything's going to fall apart and that's going to be terrible. We don't want that, right? They wanted to maintain the connection for the sake of the connection itself. They wanted to be able to trade with everybody, so it wasn't just a trade issue. The limitation of trade only to England was harming them. But what they did want was the connection that was the connection of their ancestry, right? And uh, so this wasn't something that they took lightly. They too have been deaf to the voice of justice and consanguinity. We must therefore acquiesce in that it is necessity. I mean, let me reread that because I modified it a little bit and I don't want to do that. We must therefore acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them as we would hold the rest of mankind enemies in war in peace friends so in other words we're leaving the choice to them we are going to declare our independence we are not going to initiate conflict we're not going to start anything but if they declare war on us they will be our enemies. If they allow us to live in peace, they will be our friends. And they're saying, as we would all mankind, okay? Anyone who leaves us in peace, we will count as friends. Anyone who declares and moves toward war with us, we will declare enemies and we will treat them as such, okay? It, this is a very important part of the Declaration of Independence because they had a pretty good idea that Great Britain was not just going to let them go, right? The king was not just going to let them go. But remember, you always win the fight you don't have, right? You always want to give your enemy an out. You don't ever want to corner them because if it comes to an actual fight, even if you win, you're probably going to take injury. I'm in a rainstorm and everybody's slowing down in front of me. So if there's a fight, you're probably going to take some form of injury, even if you win, and you may lose, right? You never really know what's going to happen in a fight. You prepare yourself as best you can. You give yourself every advantage that you can possibly give yourself. But if you can avoid the fight, you always win, right? So you always win the fight you don't have. They were giving England an out here. They were giving the king an out. We will, we will view you as enemies in war, but as friends in peacetime, but in peace as friends, right? They're giving that out. That's very important. <clears throat> and we're going to go ahead, since we're only at 11 minutes on this one, and we'll finish this up. So this will only end up being a five-part um, series, and then uh, we'll, we'll do the, the next part last. All right, <clears throat> so we're continuing on the very last paragraph. It says, we, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America, in general Congress, that means we've, Congress is an assembly, in general Congress, assembled, appealing to the supreme judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, do in the name and by the authority of the good people of these colonies, remember they were elected representatives, 
solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies, because they weren't at the time United States, that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states. So now they're saying we're going from colonies of Great Britain to states, to individual nations. That they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved and that as free and independent states they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with the firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortune, and our sacred honor. Okay, now we talk about this in the first two sections, but that was a true statement at the end, and that is what makes the men who declared our independence and who gave all peoples of the world the ability to come here and pursue opportunity, truly some of the greatest men who have ever lived. They had flaws, as every person alive does, and that will never change. Every person alive sucks in some way, but every person alive also has great potential. These men truly sacrificed and risked their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor, right? Some of them became betrayers, and their sacred honor was lost. Some of them lost all their possessions and were destitute, and quite a few of them lost their lives because of treason. They were captured by the British and put to death. And yet, knowing those risks right from the very beginning, they stepped forward, they declared their independence, not because it was the best thing for them individually, but because it was the best thing for those whom they represented. And of all the people, of all the politicians that are in our current political system, there's only one that I've seen that without compromise has done what he said he would do. He stepped forward and said, if you make me president, I will do the following things. I don't agree with all the stuff that he said he would do, but I have yet to see in my lifetime, maybe Reagan did it, but I was too young to know what he was really doing. But I have yet to see in my lifetime anybody who said, this is what I will do, and then actually go forward and do it. And he has been able to overcome boundaries that many other people have used as excuses for not being able to get things done. So you can like him, you can hate him. But in my estimation, you have to respect a man who would have been better off doing nothing. He would have been able to make more money, He's done things that have taken away his ability to make uh, profits because he doesn't want to be viewed as having uh, these conflicting situations. He has uh, taken a, a personal sacrifice, right? People who used to call him friends now blast him publicly. 
There's all sorts of things that he would have been better off if he had just stayed at home and done nothing. But he stepped forward, he said he was going to do something, and he's endured the abuses of the rest of those in power in order to be able to do something to help the people around him, to help the people that he's representing. And, um, and for that, even though there are a lot of things that I disagree with that he does, I have to give my respect to the man. But regardless of whether you're on the left or on the right, the Declaration of Independence is a founding document of our nation. We should all be embracing our founding documents. Now you can lean to the left of the documents or you can lean to the right of the documents, but for us to pretend that these documents aren't foundational to what we have, you know, it's always funny to me that these people come over, they use the opportunity to build up a, a great authority and power, and then they wanna try and control everybody else, right? Like these uh, Silicon Valley giants and all this other kind of nonsense. And, um, and America is the only place you can build something like that in the first place. Notice, you know, the Facebook didn't come from China or Russia or Europe, right? Twitter didn't come from any of those places. Instagram didn't come from any of those places. Where did they all come from? They all came from America. Because still, even with all of our flaws, even with all of the, the restrictions that have been built in that our founders would be rolling over in their graves because of, America is still the greatest place of opportunity left in the world. And we need to recognize that and we need to make decisions accordingly. And uh, that is the end of part four. Uh, we will, I'm gonna do one more section tomorrow where I'm gonna get into some of the kind of overarching ideas and uh, why I decided to do the Freedom Special 2020 uh, here around Independence Day um, and, and kind of what I was hoping that you would be able to get out of it. So until tomorrow, remember to train hard and stay safe. Canine Podcast.